is Ronnie Greer, and this is the Monthly Safety Podcast for September and October of 2011. First, a little bit about me. I've been a Greyhound driver now for the past 20 years, been in the driver instructor program for the past six, and I currently drive out of Syracuse, New York. Didn't produce a podcast last month. Uh, I do apologize for that. I was tied up at the school in Atlantic City, New Jersey, so we'll try to cover a little bit more material in this episode. First, I'd like to say welcome if you're a new listener. Welcome to the podcast. As always, previous episodes are available to listen or download uh, on the website. And the easiest way to do that is to just send me an email, and I will send you the link. I'll give you that at the end of the show. Uh, or you can visit my Facebook page, and you can get information there as well. Um, episodes are available back to the first uh, podcast, which was in May of 2010. So that's available for you to check out, and I encourage you to do that. Um, so what's going on now? Well, the weather is changing, coincidentally, um, just in time for the podcast. We actually saw measurable snow in many areas in the Northeast uh, yesterday and early today, and we've seen a, a sharp drop in temperatures. And it's kind of a, I talked to one driver who said that he actually experienced a little bit of a whiteout uh, near Scranton, Pennsylvania uh, in the morning. So interesting uh, changes in the weather, and it's that time of year. We're just coming into November. And uh, with that, you should be seeing adverse weather training rolling out at your location. Uh, so look for that if you haven't already seen it. Some of the things we talk about in adverse weather training are the same things we've always talked about. Basic concepts when driving in any type of uh, deteriorating condition, whether it's uh, weather, traffic, or road construction, but certainly in adverse weather, is to, first of all, reduce your speed and increase your following distance. Uh, we know that that's <clears throat> something that we do all the time when conditions change, and certainly when the weather is bad, you have to slow down and you have to leave even more room in front so that you'll be able to adjust for any hazards that may come your way. We always want to expect the unexpected. We have to be prepared for inexperienced drivers uh, who drive too fast for the conditions and are not familiar with the conditions sometimes. We have new drivers out there as well. Uh, as many people will tell you, the first uh, snowfall is always a little treacherous to drive in because Many drivers uh, haven't adjusted their driving yet, and you'll find that there are more uh, incidents on the road with that first snowfall, so be aware of that. Obviously, Greyhound has always said, and common sense tells you, to uh, drive slower, and that means that you may arrive late. When late, stay late has always been our motto, and we need to stick by that. So please consider the safety of yourself, your passengers, and the other uh, vehicles and motorists on the road. When the weather is bad, Reduce your speed, increase your following distance, and when late, stay late. When you do have the adverse weather training, uh, you'll be refreshed on how to put on tire chains. Well, we call them chains, but they're really cables. want to make sure that we know how to do that in case the need should arise to put those on your tires for increased traction uh, to help you get where you need to go. Obviously, when you're driving with tire chains, uh, because the weather is bad, we have to reduce our speed. But uh, the speed rating, maximum speed rating for those cables is 30 miles per hour. So make sure that you don't exceed 30 when driving with cables installed on the tires of your bus. Also be sure to check the bulletin board at your location and locations along the way of your trip. And make sure that you monitor the weather conditions as they change rapidly. Oftentimes there are numbers that you can call for different highways or different government agencies. You can check things on your smartphone and there are things that we can do. So make sure that you monitor the conditions if you know uh, where you're traveling, where you're going to be traveling in those areas, and make sure that your phone is charged and that you have a charger with you so that you can 
keep up to date. If anything should happen, you'll be able to uh, reach help with your phone. Very important. And that's adverse weather. Let's talk about stepped-up enforcement from the FMCSA with regards to the CSA 2010. We've heard a lot about CSA 2010, and uh, we've seen uh, several high-profile collisions in the bus industry, and that's caused uh, stepped-up enforcement. And we've seen that at a continuous pace throughout our terminals, our garages, and on the road in rest areas and way stations and uh, all kinds of things going on there. Uh, the DOT, the FMCSA, commercial vehicle enforcement, uh, everyone is out there checking, as well as company supervisors, and rightfully so. You may find that when you're out there doing your pre-trip inspection or when you arrive at the end of your trip and you perform your post-trip inspection, supervisor may ask to see, at a minimum, your M7, your driver's license, medical card, and um, want to make sure that the end logbook, make sure your M7 is filled out correctly. Uh, please make sure that you keep your log current to your last change of duty status. This is very important. And make sure that the M7 is completed completely and correctly. And we should all know the procedure for that. If you have any questions with regard to the proper completion of the M7 form, please ask your supervisor, manager, or if you see your driver instructor at your location, do that as well. In many cases, uh, these M7 books are being uh, photocopied and examined. Uh, to make sure that the drivers are completing them correctly. This is very important. It's both a federal uh, DOT and a company requirement. So let's make sure that we complete these M7s correctly and uh, note all the defects. Make sure you fill in things like the bus number and license plate and um, all those kinds of things. Make sure that those are filled in uh, schedule number. That's what I wanted to say on the uh, M7. Let's make sure we do that. So again, uh, we're seeing we're seeing stepped up enforcement. And just the other day, I saw an article in the uh, Syracuse newspaper. What a co- funny coincidence that is! Uh, about the uh, New York State bus inspectors take 95 vehicles off the road. And this article is dated Wednesday, October 26th. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, governor, says recent roadside state inspections of 1,185 buses resulted in 116 drivers and 95 vehicles taken off the road. The enforcement push from September 23rd through October 7th is part of a crackdown following a March 12th in the, uh, crash in the Bronx that killed 15 passengers. Since that crash, DOT inspectors, state troopers, and other police have conducted 5,166 roadside bus inspections, removing 530 drivers and 460 vehicles, while troopers have issued more than 550 tickets for moving violations to bus drivers. In July, transportation officials said that they suspended the operating licenses of eight poor performing charter tour bus operators. Federal officials said Monday that they have conducted more than 30,000 surprise bus inspections nationwide this year and shut down 46 bus companies. So this is not going away because of all the attention that has been focused on the bus industry. And I can tell you that um, we've discussed this in a previous podcast that there is federal legislation right now that addresses text messaging by drivers of trucks and buses over 10,000 pounds prescribing fines of up to $2,250 that uh, we're going to see a law that's going to address talking on the phone by drivers of trucks and buses and I think that it's going to be regardless of whether you use a hands-free device or not. Uh, Driving and talking on the phone are not a good idea. We've talked about that before and I'm I really think that we're going to see a law that addresses that in the near future, and I think we need to. We need to keep away from our cell phones while we're driving, 
whether it's to check uh, your text messages or to make a call or receive a call or look at the screen and see who's calling. Any of that stuff is just a really bad idea. It's a major distraction. We have too much responsibility. Uh, there are too many things going on. We don't need to add distractions to that. So please keep your phone turned off when you're driving. Make sure that it's turned completely off. That way it won't distract you. And you can look at your phone when you're stopped and out of the driver's seat. And that's just good common sense. So let's do that. Also, you may see a program called Back Training, which is exactly what it sounds like. It talks about safe lifting and stretching and proper lifting of, of luggage and packages and so on. Uh, that's going around to the different locations as well. It's all good stuff. And um, I personally have been involved in Atlantic City with it, and I think it's a really good program. So look for that to come to a location near you, uh, Back Training. Another thing that's going on is we're seeing an increase in drivers being reprimanded for uh, speeding as far as the KDEC unit is concerned. KDEC is reporting that you're speeding, and that's triggering a disciplinary form from your supervisor. So, you know, a lot of drivers have said, well, I didn't realize the bus got away from me. I was going downhill. And I've even heard drivers say that they want some additional device to warn them when they're over speeding so that they will... Uh, reduce their speed. And of course the obvious answer to that is that you have this big round thing with a dial on them in the center of your dash. But in order to notice that you have to be looking around and I don't think that it's unreasonable to be checking your speedometer on a regular basis as you drive. Certainly uh, the five keys, key number three to keep your eyes moving, tells you to do that. Keep your eyes moving. You should be checking your speedometer in addition to scanning your mirrors and scanning the windshield, scanning conditions all around, scanning your gauges, uh, that's something you should be doing. So let's be aware of that. Um, you know, drivers are getting uh, disciplined for overspeed, as reported by the KDEC, and that's just something that shouldn't happen if we're paying attention. So please be careful of that. Another thing I wanted to talk about, we've got uh, a lot of new buses out there and refurbished buses as well, and we've seen the fixed object and turning collisions still relatively high when they shouldn't be. And some of those things can be easily prevented, and we've talked about this in the past. Uh, five major causes for fixed object collisions include improperly set mirrors, uh, not using your pivot point correctly, and not allowing for off-tracking. And, of course, tail swing goes along with that as well. Uh, drivers obviously backing. We have to follow safe backing procedures. And just plain inattention. Um, these are some things, you know, and again, we talk about backing. We can't... Um, Ignore the walk-around inspection and using a ground guide, backing slowly at engine idle speed with your brake covered, sounding the horn loudly with the four-way flashes turned on. All these things that we know we need to continue to do, be vigilant, um, back with a guide whenever possible, and that should be most of the time. And if you're at a company terminal, there's no reason to back without a guide. There will be times when you're out in the field when a guide won't be available. Those times should be few, but um, a lot of times... Backing with a guide just means that you have to go ask someone to assist you. And uh, at any company facility, that should not be a problem. Sometimes you have to take that initiative and do that. Uh, these types of collisions can be attributed to driver error when, obviously, uh, the driver failed to conduct a walk-around inspection before backing, uh, does not properly set up uh, for a turn. You have to position your coach before you get to the turn in order to successfully negotiate it, and that's really important. And, of course, you've got to properly scan your mirrors and use a ground guide to ensure that nothing 
is in your blind area when you're backing. So we need to be aware of that. Uh, these collisions are embarrassing. We're uh, causing unsightly damage to the new buses, and we need to be aware of that. Off-tracking is a big thing because these new Prevo X345 buses turn extremely sharply, which is a great feature, but you have to allow for it. And that means you have to adjust your turning technique a little bit. You have to be aware of it. And most importantly, you have to go slow and check your mirrors and position your coach before you get to the turn so that you have enough room to success successfully negotiate. Fixed object collisions account for 39% of collisions. A minor fixed object collision exhibits behavior that is just as serious as collision producing injuries. Receiving a speeding ticket indicates that risk-taking behaviors are the same as those that produce collisions. Following too closely and other unacceptable behaviors are dangerous risk-taking behavior, whether a collision occurs or not. And, of course, that goes back to that whole 329-one thing. You've got drivers out there in any type of vehicle that say, I haven't had a ticket or an accident in many, many years, so I must be a safe driver. I must be doing everything right. And, of course, we know that that's not necessarily the truth. Those things don't go hand in hand, and people get away with things all the time. They take chances, and they become complacent, and the more you're able to get away with things, the more you don't give it a lot of thought. And a good example of that is a driver that doesn't conduct a proper pre-trip inspection. Nothing ever goes wrong, and, you know, you're setting yourself up for some uh, serious consequences when you don't do that. So that reminds me that we need to talk about pre-trips for just a moment. Um, we've talked about that in the previous podcast, and we want to make sure that you're taking enough time to do your pre-trip completely and correctly. If you find anything safety-related, any defects at all with the coach, whether they've been noted on the M7 previously or you find them during your pre-trip, it's absolutely imperative that you follow the proper procedure. If you're at a maintenance location, bring that to the maintenance supervisor's attention. Let them correct the problem. Let them uh, determine if it's safety-related or not, if the coach is okay to travel on the road. Um, ultimately, you have to be comfortable, and the final decision will always rest with the driver. But if there's a maintenance supervisor, if there's a maintenance tech, if there's a mechanic around, you want to get them involved. If you're at a non-maintenance location, you want to get, in, get your supervisor and or communicate with MRD to get some guidance. But we absolutely should not be taking coaches with safety-related defects down the road, uh, away from a non-maintenance location. We should not be doing that, certainly away from a garage location. Absolutely not. And that's up to the drivers to do that. You have to perform your pre-trip. You have to use good common sense. And if you're not sure what to do, get direction from the maintenance supervisor, from MRD, from your supervisor. Uh, you know, we always want to err on the side of caution. And certainly if we go through a roadside inspection and we've got safety-related defects, that were apparent to the driver at the time of the pre-trip inspection, uh, that is going to count against the driver in the database. You're going to get points in that uh, CSA database in that safety management system or SMS, um, and that's something that will be held against the driver as well as the company. So we need to try to eliminate those types of violations on the road. That's about all I have uh, for this month. Um, I just want to remind you that uh, you can get previous episodes, both to listen and or download, by sending me email at Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, 13211, at gmail.com, or you can visit my Facebook page. Just search out Ronnie Greer on Facebook. That's Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E, G-R-E-H-E-R, -E -E and I look forward to sending you the links. You can catch previous episodes, and if I do see you out in the field, feel free to ask me questions. I'd love to chat, 
as you can tell. I look forward to seeing you guys uh, in uh, November. I'll do another podcast for next month, which is just around the corner. Have a safe and pleasant trip, and we'll see you soon.